is 1987, and NASA launches the last of America's deep space probes. In a freak mishap, Ranger 3 and its pilot, Captain William Buck Rogers, are blown out of their trajectory into an orbit which freezes his life support systems and returns Buck Rogers to Earth 500 years later. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And summer is over, folks. So the summer of the Twilight Zone is over. It uh, has begun to rain here, although it's a pretty nice day. And the calendar has turned to September, and we're actually officially over. Over the equinox. Yeah. Yeah. And so so it is fall, and so we're going to move on to something else. But we are going to be... Going back closer to our roots here for the foreseeable future with probably a few digressions, Mm. because when we first started doing this and we were looking for anthologies and that kind of stuff with adapted science fiction, we found one called Real Future, R-E-E-L Future. Um, And we have covered about half of the titles in there. Real Future. What did I say? Real Future. Futures. Right. Real Futures. Real Future. It's one of those. Yeah. I think it's Real Future. (laughs) Real future. I think I said future. <laughs> you said real future. Okay, I'm going to go back and listen to it. And if, it, if I didn't, yeah, no, whatever. Anyhow, um, with, with the title... How many have you had to drink, Seth? <laughs> How many have I had to drink for you, Seth? I, I, I had one scotch and water with no scotch. Extra water. But. Oh, it was the fudge. That's what it was. That's it was right, the fudge. I did have that, whisk, that whiskey fudge. <laughs> right. So with the title that we're doing today, we will have covered half of the stories in there. In the real future book, and oh, yeah. so we're going to try to. Cross I was them noticing off the list. on the table of contents when I was looking for this particular story. Yeah, like we had done quite a bit in that book. Mm-hmm. It's just pretty awesome because yeah, it's one I, book. Anyhow, we have done half of them. We're going to try and do the other half. We will probably divert a little bit. You know, right. we'll we'll do something different, maybe for Halloween, probably something for Christmas as well. But other than that, kind of between now and next summer, we'll, we'll try and pick up as many of those as we can. We haven't decided what we're going to do next, though, but we'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, but today, today, yes, today we are going to be covering Armageddon 2419 AD by Francis Philip Nolan. Philip Francis Nolan. It's Philip Francis Nolan. It's Philip right. Francis yeah. Nolan. Yes. Yeah. Which was eventually the <laughs> source in some way for Buck Rogers in the 25th century. <laughs> <laughs> by way uh-huh. <laughs> by way of several other adaptations and including let's see i wrote them down here a 1928 oh, so it's a 1928 novella that we're talking about which was turned into a 1929 right. comic strip newspaper newspaper comic strip then was adapted to a 1934 short film that was played at the chicago world's fair right like a 20 minute for 10 minute film 10 minutes yeah oh wow uh, and then it was a 1939 movie serial mm-hmm. which was, was eventually based on the comic though right? it was more or yeah i think it was more based on the comic like yeah yeah um that was then cut down from whatever it was um you know 12 20 minute episodes down to mm-hmm. a barely over an hour feature film mm-hmm. called planet outlaws minutes. in 1953 well we'll talk about what the length <clears throat> actually well was. yeah yeah that's what she um, said and there was also a 1951 television series and then the 1979 series that we'll talk about. So we're not going to talk about every single bit of that, of course, because like the 1951 television series, none of it survives. Right. It's it's one of those things that's been lost to time, like lots of those Doctor Who episodes. and It's lost and, to the ether. Yes. Ethereal. Yeah. It's, yes, the, um, not Energon. Um, Ultron. Yes, Ultronic Ethereal Vibrations. Yep. Right? <laughs> Etheric Vibrations, yes. Uh, 
So we're going to talk about the novella. We're going to talk about Planet Outlaws, which was the edited right. down <clears throat> film. And we're going to talk about the 1979 television pilot, which actually aired in theaters. Right. Not aired, but and was... Broadcast, no? Not broadcast. Released, too. Released, released in theaters, yes. So, that's what we're going to do. So, previous history with Buck Rogers in any way, James? Yeah. No. Nothing? I don't know. I'm culturally aware of it, but I don't remember watching any of this. I just watched, so... Did, did you know, like, <laughs> Tweaky? Like, beady, beady, beady? Nope. Really? Nope. Wow. I, I mean, you are younger than we are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Colin? Saw it in the theater when it was released. You did? <laughs> I did. That is so awesome. And then, awesome. you know, because I was nine, figured that this is the way that all television series were created. First, you had this uh, movie release, and if the movie did well, then right. they would re-release the movie on TV as two episodes over two weeks. How crazy yeah. would that be if they did that now? Battlestar Galactica was done the same way. Star Wars The Clone Wars did it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, it I wasn't the first that. two episodes, but they, they put it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Right. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. 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 Huh. Touche. And then I watched, I watched the series. Nice. In original run? Original run. And then it was in syndication in the Portland area on KPTV on and off for a long time. Yeah. It was definitely in, in reruns. And so that's, that's where I encountered it because I was alive when when it came out you know i was seven because you're just a couple years older than i am yeah um but i don't believe we saw it in original run um i was i was texting with my oldest sister and she was saying i think i was in high school when we were really watching it and i think what they would do is in anchorage their their nbc affiliate Mm -hmm. would pretty much at like 5 p.m or maybe it was 4 p.m i can't remember all year they would run star trek original series like during the school year and then Mm -hmm. In the summer, they would do Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers. Wow. Actually, I'm not sure they did Battle- Battlestar Galactica, because I remember watching that on, like, Sunday nights. But uh, who cares? But in, anyway, they, they would do marathons of Buck Rogers and just run it, you know, five nights a week. And you could burn through the entire thing in two months, because there's yeah. only, like, wow. 44 episodes. Yeah. And then, you know, Trek could take up a, most of a year, because yeah. there were enough of those. So, but, I, yeah. I mean, it was... I won't say appointment television. There were definitely episodes that we missed. Um, and I can't say for certain. I was looking over the list of episodes trying to figure out, have I seen all of these? And I'm not certain that I have. <laughs> I have pretty strong memories of a handful of episodes. And Princess Ardala. And, well, I, I was always more partial to Wilma, I gotta say. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, we will talk about that. <laughs> but why don't we first talk about the novella? No, the novella. So this was published in Amazing Stories. Yes. In 1928, it is, uh, you know, it's a quick read, a fairly quick read. You can read it in a day easily, right? And it features a character named Anthony Rogers. Anthony Rogers. Rogers. Never called Buck. Never called Buck. Called Um, Tony, but not Buck. Right. (laughs) And the, well, why don't you give us, I'm not, can we do the story? You know, what what is common between the the various things? I think we can. It's very brief. Yes. The very beginning. So (laughs) there is a man who, through a set of technological accidents, uh, goes into suspended animation for 500 years, and he is found by the- Circa 500. Yeah, give or take. (laughs) uh, Found by the remnants of what we would call North American society. Hmm. Pan Am. Pan Am. (laughs) And because of his- mm, 20th century physique and military knowledge is a great asset to the people who are trying to survive. That sounds about right. So it's idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially the same premise from, from idiocracy. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but basically, if you the only thing that's the same between everything is Wilma Deering. 
Dr. Hewer didn't make an appearance oh, in everything? Yeah. Dr. Hewer never made an appearance in the novella. In the novella. He, yeah. he was added when they went to the comic strip and took it into outer space. Okay. When right. he became Buck. Yeah. Wilma Deering. Yeah, that's right. She's the only one. The only yeah. common thread. And and she's the same kind of, you know, like, you know sexy Amazonian right. fighter person lady in yep. both, in all stories. Nice. Although in the, in the novella, she's much shorter. Oh, yeah. Well, he's considered quite yeah. tall because he's 5'11". Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Talking my language. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I am tall by the standards of this story. Yeah. Um, so that's the story. That's the story. And that, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm, my, my question is, how did they get from the novella to where it's at now? Well, I mean, we've, we've talked about this kind of thing, right? What, what makes an adaptation and yeah it's not it's it's often not that we want to adapt that it's just we're going to, we want to fly with right. that concept uh-huh. and do something almost completely different but it's actionable hmm. and so we have to buy True. the rights to it right right mm-hmm. yeah i guess was there was there any you mentioned you did a lot of research in preparation for this so I, i'm curious if there was any kind of tie there or like did somebody make some decision somewhere but i i get what you're saying about the yeah, adaptation so, thing because you're you're right i mean if it's Actionable in any way they're gonna yeah. get the license for it, right? Well, so when when the comic strip was was in development, um, Nolan actually did the writing for it, so he wrote the story. Oh. So he was the one who adapted it for that oh. that medium, okay. more or less. Mm-hmm. So any of the changes there, I mean, I'm sure it you know it, if it run, runs long enough, it would yeah. definitely move on from where he had started it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the changes to make it maybe a little more spacey and involve more than one world mm-hmm. um i think that did come from nolan himself oh okay um and it, it expands the scope of it right it yeah makes, it makes true. it a right. broader canvas to paint right it. so yeah but the novella what do we think i thought it was interesting this one it's interesting because there's more than one volume that is sometimes put into something titled armageddon 2419 right. ad and i only read the first volume of it and and, and I mean, that's what the original novella was titled Armageddon 2419, but there's versions of it that have a second no- novella essentially stacked together with it. The Air Lords yeah. of Han. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I found the last part of it kind of a slog. I did too. You know, uh, so, so we should probably give people a little bit of, of scope because we've talked about how different it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tony Rogers is a geologist who goes to investigate a mine because there's, it's radioactive and he gets put into suspended animation. And then there's a rock slide which clears the air and allows him to come out. And uh, American civilization has fallen and the world has been taken over by Mongols. Right. And so we're really in a, in a steampunk. Hans, which one? Well, I think the Hans come later. <laughs> yeah, th- that's the thing. I mean, th- this is 20s and 30s levels of understanding of Asian culture. Right. right? Yes, we have airships crack, and yeah. rocket guns <laughs> and invisible uh, 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 zero gravity belts. Right. And repulsor rays and disintegrates. Mm-hmm. Disintegrator rays. Disintegrator rays, yeah. Uh, and then rays. ultronic yeah. ethereal vibrations. and Because yes. it goes from the ultronic <laughs> to the ethereal to the electronic to the physical right and this is how the <laughs> the people that now rule the earth they don't need uh, land anymore they just synthesize their food mm-hmm. right well i thought that was kind of a cool concept though like that the the han didn't need to um hunt them down or or take in their land or whatever basically because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they didn't need it they were able to synthesize right. so everything they left them alone and then right which which allowed this technology. other civilization to flourish yeah because they 
were left alone to do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that they were still technically cool. under their rule. And, yeah, and yeah. It's this kind yeah. of yellow scare kind of thing, like like right. red scare. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're, you're fearing China. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, was it was it the, I mean, China you think of as the Han Chinese, right? Yep. Where, whereas yeah. Mongolia, Mongolian not, not so much. much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they did have a Mongolian empire, not the Chinese empire. Yes. Yeah, so. Impressive mm-hmm. one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I... I thought it was an interesting story. I it kind of it almost went for hard science fiction, but in, in terms of like the detail, yeah, that was that was provided about the technology, technology, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, let's see, he picked up an ultraphone, which unlike the ancient radio, operated on the ultronic ethereal vibrations, right, <laughs> like, that you <laughs> mentioned earlier. They have uh, inertron, which is a substance that counteracts gravity, right, um, and then what, the other one was ultron, right. I Ultron, think so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultron was the... And what did that one do? <laughs> the Ultron was, I think, making their stuff invisible. And yes. It, ultimately, they wanted to use it to shield against the disray. I thought it was. To create yeah, it, shields uh, against the disintegration ray. I don't remember what the definition of Ultron was. But oh, they, they used it for different know, things. Yeah, but, yeah, right. but I think it's fascinating, you know, given Avengers and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah Ultron was created too. by Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, Hank Pym. Yeah, Hank yeah. Pym. In the, canonically. Not in the movie. Well, okay. <laughs> Not in the MCU. MCU version. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my son is still upset about that. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> he watched the animated Avengers show, and they have oh. a whole Age of Ultron thing, which is much yep. better than that movie. Anyway, we do, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do here. Modus operandi. And when you read the novella, it reminds me a lot of reading Edgar Rice Burroughs. It, mm. it re- to me, it reads like John Carter of Mars, who the protagonist, uh, he, yeah. he is a Superman, right? He is the unique Earthman with special knowledge and the special physique. Mm. Uh, he's better yes. than everybody. Uh, he sometimes gets beat, but he never loses. Right. So I was kind of thinking of Star Trek Troopers, actually. The book, not the movie. But the book, the book when they're doing all these raids and stuff mm. on the on the alien races. Because I, I, li- I enjoyed that part of it, when they were like, raiding the Han city for getting information about traitors and all that. Yes. That was kind of cool. And then the battle in the end was fun. Yeah. The, the discussion about how he's going to organize everybody into different battalions yeah. and units. And right. I'm like, oh, yeah, can we move on? Right. <laughs> and and for, for a short, you know, a, a short form, like a novella, I, I felt like it, it probably was a bit much. Been, yeah, yeah. More a short story. That's probably what made the last bit sloggy, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did think, though, it was interesting. Um, just just the whole idea of wireless communication, right? This is something that where, like you and I talked on, on the Hugo's podcast about um the demolished man mm-hmm. where they have this future like intercity rockets and stuff but no electronic communications right mm-hmm. or surveillance um, oh yeah <laughs> and so so i always like it when when a science fiction story gets something right ish you know um cell cell phones i don't think operate on ultronic ethereal vibrations <laughs> but who knows i mean you don't know yeah you never open one up and look inside Yep. no that's true <laughs> There could be a whole new layer of stuff we haven't discovered yet. Mm-hmm. Well, the other Starship Troopers um, thing is the jump belts, right? Right. Where they can they can defy gravity and and you know jump long distances. And I, well, they did bring that into the serial, so that was kind of cool. The, yes. The, um, they did. Well, uh, Planet Atlas. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was interesting to see that. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Of course, they don't need parachutes. Yep. So then we jump forward in time a little ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, are we? Or are we talking the story? The story. So I will say that the story Armageddon 2419 ends pretty anticlimactically right he's basically organized them to try and take down the oppressors but they don't actually do it yet no but there's a promise right yeah that within our lifetimes should we not fail we will see the fall of the han empire 
Yes. What was the the last chapter name? Was uh, Finger of Death? Finger of Doom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, kind of seemed like the novella. I guess left it open for. It did, yeah, definitely, right. and so that's why I think you would want to read the Air Lords. I think it might be oh. fun to actually see that movie. <laughs> to see a faithful adaptation yeah, of the actual yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's Red Dawn, mm. kind of, sort of. <laughs> no, I mean, not really. It's got Touché. the 500 years in there, but. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, let's uh, move on and talk about something else. So, like I mentioned, the it was adapted into the comic book form. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I mean, I have not read any of the comic book. There are, there are some of them available online to read. I'll put a couple links in the show notes where you can actually find some of the the full color comics from the Sunday papers, which was cool. And then the black and white ones oh, as wow. well. Um, the short film, I think, was well-received in at the, Chicago's World, the Chicago World's Fair. It must have been if they went on to make a television series out of yeah. it. Yeah, the 19... I... I I would have been interested to see movie serials. I mean, this was before television, right? I mean, late mm. late thirties. Yeah, you don't have TV, but you can go to the movie theater right. every week and see twenty minutes of the story that ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> every week, yeah, yeah that'd be kind of wild. It's a strange decision, I think, to try to edit that down to a feature <laughs> length or you know sixty eight minutes, like the one that that we watched. But Colin right. found a different one. Yeah, there was some narration before and after it, and so with I don't think it was the, the full hour and a half. Yeah, with guy to desk. Yeah, he was in. We, we had that too. Yeah, in the sixty-eight minute version. Huh. Well, oh, so let's let's uh let's do a little uh, plot comparison off the top of our heads. Okay. 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 Uh, you met Wilma Deering, mm-hmm. and yeah. you met Doctor Hewer. Yep. And Buddy. And Buddy. <laughs> that, that's one of the innovations of the film is that yep. he has a sidekick. Buck and Buddy. It's yeah. Of it's, it's Captain America yeah. and Bucky. Right. But, <laughs> yep. It, and pretty similar, just on a longer time scale. And Killer Kane is trying to take over the Earth. Right. But he's on the Earth. Yes. Right? And so his blockade of the Earth prevents Hasn't them- Hasn't he kind of already taken the over the Earth? It kind of seemed like they he already rules most yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, more or less. Yeah, okay. So he but could be he, the planet- or They are the planet outlaws, then. Yes. And he's trying to make a treaty with the planet Saturn. Let's 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 be clear. We're talking about the, the planet, planet Saturn. Saturn. Yep. Um, every time they say Saturn, they say the planet Saturn. And uh-huh. I'm like- were people generally not aware in 1939 that there was a planet called Saturn and that if you Is said Saturn, you didn't mean the mythological character? <laughs> Isn't it Hades? Isn't maybe it was, maybe that they were telling Urn to sit. Saturn. <laughs> right. No, did, did they not know that Saturn was a gas giant back then? No. <laughs> I think Pluto. Was Pluto, Pluto Hades in the Roman pantheon? Yes. And Saturn was Cronos? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Boy. So the envoy from Saturn goes to talk to Killer Kane, and and uh, he's going to help them stop these rebels from uprising rebels. against him. Yeah, right. And this is where this is where Buck and Wilma get involved. They break in and mm-hmm. show him the robot battalion. Robot. 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 Robot battalion. Very robot. Uh, awesome. And then they go back to Saturn <laughs> and get ready to pen the treaty. Right. There, there's a lot of travel back and forth yeah. to Saturn, to just Saturn like going to the grocery Earth. store. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes. And they travel on these, these ships, yeah. which are really funky looking. Oh, yeah. And they have fireworks terrible. coming out their back, and yep. they have like yep. the electric arc sound where they fly. <laughs> I, listener, I will spare you the sounds that James was making and put the actual sound from the movies <laughs> in right here. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, really, really <laughs> irritating. Um, yeah. However, I have to say, I loved the practical effects. <laughs> yeah. With, with, um, I, I thought they, I mean, they're obvious models and it's obvious right. just fireworks coming out the back. Yeah. But it looks so cool. <laughs> and then when the ship gets hit, it goes nose down and it goes in a straight line. <laughs> yeah. Down in the ground. Yeah. I couldn't tell the difference between the ship being hit and falling versus the other ship that landed. But <laughs> in the same way. Right. <laughs> yeah, they both got to the ground. Yeah. And the, the invisibility ray. Right. So they could get through the blockade the, the first dissolve time. Array. The Dissolvatron. To, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's from Pigs in Space from the Muppet Show. Right. <laughs> Interesting. I, I hadn't thought about the whole treaty with Saturn thing being sort of recapitulated in the 1979 series. With the, the, the Draconians wanting to make a treaty with Earth. Yeah. Even though they were actually bad guys. Right. Yeah. And I do want to talk about the robot battalion. Um, because it's basically just guys who have had, like, cooking pots put on their head. Yeah, basically. And, and, it, little, and it robs little them. Little springs. Yes. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Springs yeah. and gears. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. fantastic robot, <laughs> it's you know, brilliant. robot technology. <laughs> Um, I th- I thought it was fascinating. There was one guy in the show who said robot, but everybody else said robot. Right. Yeah. It um, was during that transitionary period between robot and robot. Yes. And that's what Killer Kane did with all of his enemies. If you displeased him and you didn't get killed, you got put into the robot brigade, which was basically you got turned into a mindless servant. Yeah, drone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Down in the power station. I can't remember. Yeah. Basement of his house. Hard labor. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He worked in the scullery, yep. and then Buck gets captured, and he gets turned into a member of the robot battalion. What? That's the new I plot. You guys didn't see mine. that. Didn't happen. Yes, no. Buck gets captured, and uh, Buddy is going to go help him out, and Wilma's going to help as well. Okay. And so they break into Killer Kane's palace and take Buck out, but then a member of Killer Kane's. <laughs> crew hides in the ship and goes back to earth and then does sabotage on earth we got that part yeah we got that part okay but and i remember buck going and rescuing one of the guys who had displeased killer kane yep right do from the council yeah so yeah that that must be there 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 must have been more of one of the episodes in there okay so here's the deal right you're going to take something that's probably three or four hours in total length and edit it down to just over an hour that's what happens to our podcasts well yeah (laughs) true (laughs) Yeah, but I don't feel strangely about that because I do it. Um, But, you know, it makes it so that all you get is the payoffs for everything without hardly any setup. Or or you get, you know, the setup and payoff and none of the development in between. Right. right. It's, it's you know, the, the ambassador from Saturn is on Saturn, then he's on Earth, and he says, I don't like Kane. He has the robot battalion. I will treat with you. And then back to Saturn. Ah, but that's the part that I saw. So they must have made a second release huh. that makes that more likely. Hmm. Interesting. I, I remember we were playing disc golf, which we tend to do yeah, every yeah. now and then. And you said, I watched Planet Outlaws and it made no sense to me. Have you watched it yet? Like, no. You should watch it. See if it makes any sense to you. Is this kind of like rollerball? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I won't say it didn't. It's not that it didn't make any no, sense. No, I think this was better than ro- rollerball. Um, I thought it was interesting that the Saturnian ambassador looked Asian. Yes. I, I thought that was, the them, did. that was them trying to correct the, the you know, casual racism of the 1928 novella <laughs> uh, 10 years later. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. And um, Wilma is still pretty true to form. She is at one side, you know, the, the fierce fighter. Right. But as soon as anything serious is supposed to happen, mm-hmm. um, but he says, yeah, so the sidekick says, you stay here. <laughs> <laughs> and she stays. Right. Right. I, going back to the novella. You know, of course, there's a love interest thing there. And of course, they get married. Yes. But, but I remember there, it's the language was slightly different in 1928. And it said that there wasn't much time for lovemaking, and which meant, you know, romance and meant like dating. Right. More or less. It, it didn't mean the. Oh, really? What we meant, yes. Oh. 
Uh, even like the Chronicles of Narnia used used that term, right? She made love to everyone, which which meant she flirted and uh, lavished affection upon, but uh, not not actual knocking boots. Didn't know that. That's what happened to Susan. <laughs> uh, no, it was Jill Pole. Oh, um, oh, in the silver chair. I just figured it was because he was too tired. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't want to burn upon reentry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, so on that note, uh, 1979. 1979. Now, I got the DVDs from the library, and and on the in the DVD pack, it said that it was the theatrical version, which is different than anything I had seen before because I didn't see it in the theater. I had only seen the television two-hour episode. Okay, right. Which edits out the one little tiny bit of profanity. Um, although, okay, I'll have to put in, I, I cut an MP3 out of that, that episode that I was watching where I, I think I told you, I thought, I think Buck used an F-bomb. Oh. <laughs> um, where he's telling someone, you better check your funk and wagnalls, which is a dictionary that was evidently, uh. I, from, from what I understand on Twitter, um, Mitch Wagner, who who came on my uh, other podcast, on the Who Goes There podcast, uh, is a bit older than I am. And so he, he's like, oh, I recognize that. But it, yeah, it was a dated reference even in 1979. <laughs> um, but but when, he, when he said it, I'm like, did he just say effing Wagnalls? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, here, I'll drop it in right here. And you can tell me if you hear what I hear. Okay. If you call that interfering, there's something wrong with your fucking Wagnalls. So the 1979 upgrades, uh, stays in the space version of Buck Rogers. Right. Yes. And uh, Wilma Deering is true to form. Dr. Hewer is true to form. Mm-hmm. We get new characters in the form of Tweaky and Dr. Theopo Liss. Because <laughs> there was a discussion as to which, which consonant goes in there. It did sound like Dr. Hewer said Dr. Theophilus the first time and then Theopolis yeah. the next time. Yeah. I just heard Theophilus. Isn't it Theophilus in Luke? Isn't that who Luke is written to in the Bible? Yes. Most excellent Theophilus? Yeah, I'm looking for uh, the yeah. Wikipedia article. It's, where is he? Yeah, it's Dr. Theophilus in, yeah. the, in the in the television show yes. movie. So the innovation of the 1979 one, chiefly, is that Buck had left Earth. Right. And that's, that's right. the difference. Now, canonically, his name is William Anthony Rogers. Nicknamed Buck, so they so they did sort of retcon the Anthony thing even. Mm-hmm. Oh. Buck, he was never called right. Buck until the comic series. They, that was right. a change made for that. Yeah. So, oh, interestingly, those who so talking about the, uh, I guess we're we're going in circles. The <laughs> serial and Planet Outlaws. Mm-hmm. Buck is played by Buster Crab, who also played right. uh, Flash Gordon in that <laughs> serial. Wow. And oh. Tarzan. Nice. In the in the Tarzan serial. <laughs> and he was an Olympic gold medalist in, wow. in the 400 free. So, no kidding. You know, he's a swimmer. Dang. Wow. So That would explain so, his strapping build. Yes. But but yeah, I was I was telling my son about that. He's like, cool, what was his time? And it's like 30 seconds slower than my son, who's 17. <laughs> so, wow. It, it might have been more than that. I think it was close to a minute slower than my son. Dang. So. That's he must crazy. have had thick water back then. Yeah, they had the the meters were the same distances, <laughs> so. But I don't think they shaved. I don't think they you know they probably just swimming in banana hammocks or um, probably with no goggles. Yeah, they and open turns. Like they probably didn't even do flip turns. Yeah, nineteen thirty two. Wow, wow. But that's that's what kind of got him into prominence, and he built an acting career out of it. And he was in Buck Rogers the first season, in the, in the the first broadcast episode after the pilot. In episodes, right. in episode three, I guess it was episode four because it's a two-parter. Okay, and he says something. You know, uh, Gil Gerard says to him, "Have we met before?" Oh no, I'm. You know, from, we're from different eras. <laughs> I've, been, I've doing, been doing this before you were born. <laughs> yep. 
which I thought was cool. So, 1979. Good stuff. This was your first time seeing it at all? Yep. Okay. So what, what, what stuck out to you? Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Do we you, keep, so, you don't want to know what that means. This, exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, there's like three or four times that Tweaky does his beady, 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 beady. Beady, beady, beady. What do you say? You don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, stop telling me I don't want to know. Um, the show had something for everybody, right? My sisters were very enamored of Gil Gerard. I was very enamored of Aaron Gray. I know there are lots of people who liked Ardala, of course. And then there was Tweaky for the kids, right? Right. Well, and Tweaky, he was, you'd think he'd be the straight man, but he drops all these oh, yeah. innuendos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm freezing off my ball bearings. <laughs> well, and he was voiced by Mel Blanc, right? Yes. And so, so, like, think about Daffy Duck, which is funny because of the Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century, also uh, voiced by uh, Mel Blanc. So, yep. that was cool. Did I say Blanc and then Blanc? Yes. Maybe. I, one of them okay. was right. So, uh, note to editor, keep the correct one. Cavalier basis. <laughs> yes. yep. And there were like real, there were special effects. There was computer generated effects. There yes. were effects that were probably stolen from yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Very stolen from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Uh, right. In fact, the design of the Starfighters was the original design for the Colonial Vipers yep. from Battlestar Galactica. Yep. That sounds about right. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to fly one. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so I, I loved those ships. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of BSG and Star Wars. Well, they had the whole mm-hmm. um, launch shoot, which was straight out of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, right. Yeah, right. just basically just ripped off and reused. The Stargates were a cool innovation in the show after the movie. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. I was watching it with because I remember watching enough of the show that I can kind of go. They never really follow up the whole wastelands outside of New Chicago, the mutants. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't really delve into any of that. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the dialogue. I enjoyed the special effects. Yeah, there there were definitely a lot of... um, Well, yeah, you you mentioned your favorite one, right? Where Wilma all of a sudden comes around and lays a a kiss on Buck, who has an important date with Princess Ardala, and he's looking at his watch, which was a nice 1970s era watch. Like a Casio or something. And then uh, she's basically... Do you want Coming to go someplace? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he says, <laughs> what's he saying? Uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure I'm re- ready to ready for re-entry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, I think, was getting a little sick of the, the double entendres. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. It's one of the more light-hearted space movies, science fiction movies, I think, that have been created. Yes. It doesn't take itself overly seriously, and yet I think the... Right. The basic plot was still pretty funny. It was actually yeah. still pretty good. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. No. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. Legitimate plot. You know, it's not... So I would say by way of recommending the series to you, the series is even less serious, really, in a lot of ways. There's a couple <laughs> episodes that are, are more serious. But, you know, the whole nuclear holocaust of, of everything that Buck ever right. knew, they don't really mind that for anything. And so, oh, so okay. it, the, the tone tends to be even lighter and, and funnier. Right. And the, it always ends on a freeze frame, you know, like everything in the 70s did, like Wonder Woman. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, yes, I've been, I've been watching and enjoying season one. <laughs> now, yes. just out of curiosity, did... have, have we should get some spousal and, and family reactions as uh-huh. well. So, has Ethan watched any of these things? Because he watched, watched. Oh, okay. Because he watched the Last Starfighter, and my boys watched the Last Starfighter, and they didn't and like. They it. were not into it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was yeah. Great. Too 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 campy. <laughs> they were they wanted something more serious, more uh, with more modern special effects. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So there was, I think when I was in college, I can't remember if it was in college or like home for the summer, Buck Rogers was still on in the evenings in Anchorage. Oh, wow. And Elaine and I watched a couple episodes and she just <laughs> thought it was craptacular. Um, but, but I mean, campy, you know, it, I mean, it is obviously campy, right? It's, yeah, right. it is the future and the future is groovy, baby. <laughs> and th- there's one episode where Buck starts dancing in this just cringy disco um, thing. I mean, even in the pilot, right? Yeah. Um, just yeah. let yourself go with it, man. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love this whole uh, trying to explain rock and roll. Like, okay. Yep. <laughs> and the guy was a quick study, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, he he cottoned quickly to the disco beat, you know, the disco fever. Oh, yeah. And I think him dancing with Ardala is, uh, is a highlight of the, <laughs> of the TV, of the movie. And Tweaky going, beady, 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 what a body. <laughs> Which, he's not wrong. Um, though I will say that my, you know... Childhood crush on Wilma Deering has lost none of its power. Um, <laughs> it, it is it is true. She's still got it going on. She's endearing. Yes, I uh, I've been enjoying looking through lists of guest cast um, because like uh, Bull from Night Court is in an episode. Jerry Orbach yeah. is, is in really? the same episode. Yeah. Huh. Um, the the lawyer the, the lady lawyer from Night Court was in an episode as well. Marky Post. Yeah. Huh. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. And of course Gary Coleman. Yes. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, that one I don't remember, but I saw her name in there too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Highlight for me is is the the voice of the computer systems on board the Draconian ship, voiced by William Conrad, yes. who also did the, uh, you know the, the opening narration mm-hmm. for both the movie and the first season of the series. I think I think the opening of the series is fantastic. <laughs> I the, like the opening narration and everything. I just love everything about it. Oh yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. I agree. Yep. And definitely the instrumental version of the theme is much better. Much better. Yes. <laughs> okay, the movie, so anybody who hasn't seen the actual theatrical cut, there's this bizarre <laughs> vocal number with scantily clad ladies and Gil Gerard. That happens right after the narrator says That's right. a blend of fantasy and yeah, reality. Yeah. Little, I wonder if they're going for the 2001 dream. kind of stuff yeah. there. Maybe. You know, there's a star child somewhere in there. Yeah, because Wilma Deering and Princess Ardala both show up in his silver-clad lady fantasy dream. Right. Uh, yeah. Silver-clad lady. It's kind of like a ter- terrible, version yes. of a, terrible version of a Bond title sequence. <laughs> yeah, in it a is. lot of ways, yeah. Yeah, good yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, we're all over the place and no, no organization, but that's to be expected. Yes. That's why you listen to us. Yep. What else do we want to talk about? Anything? Uh, in the movie, Tiger Man is a throwback to. Oh, I gotta look this up real quick. To from yeah. from the from the movie that was shown at the Chicago World's Fair, which was Buck Rogers and the men from the Tiger Men from Mars. Right. So we figure that they just they they stopped the Dracorian flagship, stopped off at right. Mars, picked up a component of Tiger Men because you thought <laughs> there were two. Yeah, there were definitely two different actors who were who it looked like looked it, like yeah. Tiger Man. Yeah, right. and then went on. And so it's, there's all these nice. Uh, homages to earlier things that happened yeah yeah this is the kind of stuff um that i like in remakes right where they're like okay we're, we're not really remaking this you know we're going to do something different but we're going to throw back some some lines to you know previous things you know acknowledge things like have buster crab in, right. in the new series you know because he, he died just a, he died just a couple years after uh, oh, really? the show came out wow. wow so maybe it killed him could be well i mean he did you notice the change in pitch between his voice and that clip that I showed you? It's, uh, I'm thinking there was smoking involved. Oh. Everybody from that that era died of lung cancer. 
Like all the Rat Pack? Good point. Very sad. Yeah. Well, and we should say that the series was not overly successful. Even though we were, were geeking out over it right. and, and everything that happened <laughs> in it, uh, there was season one, and season one didn't work very well, and so season two happened, and in season two, they take them onto the, the starship Searcher, where they're searching for the lost colonies of Earth. Under the command of Admiral Asimov. Under as- the command of Admiral <laughs> Asimov. Um, so then it kind of takes on this Battlestar Galactica vibe. Yes. And since both shows were produced... By Glenn Larson? Yeah. Or was it written oh. by Glenn Larson? I've, I'm not sure. And presumably aired about the same time? Within a few years of one yeah. another. Yeah. Okay. And I think Battlestar Galactica came first. Did it? Let's find oh, yeah, out. I thought Battlestar Galactica was in this, like, 79 or something. Yeah, I think Battlestar Galactica was right contemporary with Star yeah. Star Wars, right? 78. So BSG's 1978? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And... <laughs> Buck Rogers would have been 1979. Because yeah. a lot of the BSG technology from the first series, yeah, 78, yes. looked like what Star Wars was. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the, the story checks out. Yep. And, you know, everybody was trying to capitalize on Star Wars yep. right? and, and come up with their own thing that was sustainable. Yeah. And Buck Rogers did not end up being sustainable. They only ended up with, I think, right. an 11-episode second season. Yeah. Um, and there there was an actor's strike at some point. I can't remember if that was uh, what shortened it and, and then it was canceled. Right. That could be... Um, but and and so there's no. Do you if, know how if, long BSG went for? I don't remember. Wasn't it just one season? Oh. Was it two? Maybe only one. Mm. Oh, I will look. So anybody tried to capitalize it and uh, did not succeed. Yeah, <laughs> just one series. Uh, yeah, so there was a seventy-eight to seventy-nine series, and then right. there was a second Battlestar Galactica series, Battlestar In Galactica nineteen eighty. Yeah, it only ran ten episodes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I remember that well. I find it ironic that all these people were trying to capitalize, like Buck Rogers, mm-hmm. was trying to capitalize on the success of Star Wars, mm-hmm. written by George Lucas, <laughs> who was inspired by the Weeklies. Yeah. So he was probably like inspired Flash by <laughs> Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. <laughs> yep. Right. So, you know, it kind of comes around full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a remake of Buck Rogers of some kind. I mean, it lends itself more to yeah. a series, I think we'll agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although you could adapt the novella. To a two-hour yeah, movie, but I, I, yeah, I, I didn't think about the whole uh, Red Dawn thing until you said it. But it's totally Red Dawn. <laughs> yeah, well, or and John Carter of Mars, right? And and the John right. Carter movie was not terribly successful because they didn't market it well. Right. Well, I liked the movie, but oh really? You yeah. also like those Star Trek movies that you think exist? <laughs> yes. No, John Carter was a good movie. Uh, so I like this. Uh, th- there's a riff tracks for Planet Outlaws. If you ever want to go buy that oh, really? and, and check it out. But the blurb on it says, Planet Outlaws is the mirror universe of one of those Reader's Digest books. Yes, it's cut down from something much longer, but instead of keeping the bits that made sense of the story, they put together a movie from all the other stuff, but not before holding a ballroom dancing competition on top of the partial reels of film just to ensure they could never be reconstructed in a coherent order. <laughs> These are the adventures of Buck Rogers, who may or may not be a Planet Outlaw. I'll put a link in the show notes to the radio serial, which has that fantastic Buck Rogers in the 25th century, which is completely yes, lampooned yes. by yeah. Duck Dodgers. Yes. <laughs> well, he was, you know, 50 years before, because he was in the 24th and a half century. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love me some Daffy Duck. Uh, anything else? I mean, I guess we've got to rank them, right? <laughs> well, I'm, finding it, I'm finding it hard to rank them, because there's such a huge... Yeah adaptational evolution from the novella yeah. to what right. to happen in 1979. Well, well so Seth, here's, here's a question. Seth just ruined the novella for me, so. Oh. <laughs> why, why have I done that? By calling it Red Dawn. Oh. Because <laughs> you're totally right. And now Red it's Dawn in me. space. <laughs> but no, they never left. They're the not. That's right. That's in space. space. In the future. <laughs> uh, yes. 
<laughs> Maybe we could be invaded by the French and not make anybody else upset. Not. <laughs> right. Okay, so let, let's talk about this then. And instead of necessarily ranking them, which we'll have to do anyway. Right. Essentials of adaptation for this. What what would it be? The 500 years. Okay, yeah. Buck frozen for 500 years yeah. in some way. Yeah. Awakes in, you know, a foreign... Right. World of some kind. A foreign right. world at war. Saves Wilma? Doesn't happen in the movie. Sure it does. Not... Not as an essential part of of the plot, though. Yeah, in the in the novella, he he saved her from an attack of the pirates, more or less. Yeah, um, right. The, but bad bloods. The, the bad bloods. Yeah. Um, yeah and and in, in, the, in the in the in the seventy nine movie, he yeah. saved her because she was relying saved on computers. Her from stupid computer. Yeah. yeah, he was using the force. Right. Right. Yeah. Any other? I mean, it helps lead a revolution. Yeah. Saves saves the planet. I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that would be. Right. That's probably it. More or less saves the planet because the seventy nine movie he does that in the Planet Outlaws he yeah does that right. Maybe it's more about the man than the plot. Mm. Buck Buck it's Rogers an adapted character. Yeah. Right. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you see that lots of times, right? Like with the new John Jack Ryan series on on Amazon, right? Based on the characters created by Tom Clancy. Right. Um, all right. So we got to rank them. It's got to happen. <laughs> all right. So just just novella, Planet Outlaws, and. 79 movie. Is that your ranking? No, I'm just telling you which three. Oh, those? Just oh, those okay. three. That's, a, that's yeah. an odd ranking. I wouldn't have <laughs> expected that. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and go then. I, I'm, I'm going to put the 79 you know, movie ahead just because it's, right. it was an important thing in my childhood. I know objectively it's not good. Not really. Um, Hold but your it's tongue. it's super entertaining. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was at the right time. If I was watching it for the first time right now, I'm not sure what I would think of it. But you're coming in from... fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and then we were friends with him. It could be contagious. These, but... <laughs> <laughs> it could be just the liquor talking. But I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and then, then I think I'll go with novella and then Planet Outlaws, because I did think Planet Outlaws didn't make a whole lot of sense. I felt like it was... Maybe this was some part of the difference. Maybe yours was played out slower somehow. Because ours, I just felt like I'm watching this on like 2x speed or something. Because I'd turn away and I'd look back and I'm like, where where are we now? Well, there was yes. just some really bad editing going on, too. Well, yeah. The cutting between it, stuff. It was but, a butcher job. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's my rankings anyway. I'm going to agree with you. Okay. Well, I think it's unanimous. Whoa. I haven't had one of those in a while, I think. Yeah. That's what she's Usually saying. I'm the outlier. <laughs> yes, it is true. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> no, I mean, so what would you say to, to anyone who hadn't seen Buck Rogers? And, you know, what, what would you, would you recommend start with the series? I mean, the series doesn't end, right? No, it just, I say, it I just say, goes watch away. That, watch what we, that movie we watched. When, yeah. I still don't quite understand what it is exactly in, in relation to the series, I guess. I, I think you'd really want to watch... It's just the movie pilot to the series? Is that what it is? Yeah, so that was the theatrical release, release of, the, of, of the, the television pilot. Watch that, because that okay. was cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you, I don't you, read you, the novella, too. I think it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. you you got to go in understanding. It's 1970s... No, yeah, I, I didn't think it was that bad at all. From the no, no, I mean it's got some matte paintings, it's got some model work, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, the model work was fine. Mm -hmm. I thought is right up there with Star Wars and BSG yep. from the time, and it, and it was funny. It made us laugh. Yeah, yes, it did. And the Tweaky. dialogue was great. Double entendre galore. Yep, it would make a great mystery science theater movie. Yes, I like I like the one liner after he slipped the explosive into into Tiger Man's belt That's and then kicked him away and said bottoms up. <laughs> yeah. So where do we go from here? What is our next adaptational challenge? Well, okay. What we have left in yeah. the book, we have the Reanimator. 
Yes. H.P. Lovecraft. Um, we have Empire of the Ants, or Lion Engine and the Ants, which is a Charlton Heston movie. Jar- Charlton Heston, Joan Collins movie. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and the story by H.G. Wells. We have Damnation Alley. Oh. Jan Michael Vincent. Yes. There's... Um, I can't remember all, all of them. We, we've got quite a few of them, but... Um, yeah. We got a, you got a book? I got a book. All right. A reanimated Armageddon who goes there farewell. This, this Island Earth... Mm. That's a long one. The mm. Illustrated Man. Right. Oh, yeah, Bradbury. The Seventh Victim. Yeah, it's adapted into The Tenth Victim. <laughs> An so Air Raid. They added three yes. victims. Yes. <laughs> An Air Raid, which was adapted as Millennium with Christopher Cross. Right. No, no. Uh, What's that? Chris Christopherson. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. And Cheryl Ooh, like Lag and Daniel J. Trevanti. Mm. That guy's awesome. So, so we, uh, for I want to interject one other idea. Okay. For years, we have told... Phil Nichols, that we would do The Halloween Tree by Bradbury. Have you found where we can watch the movie? Because it's an animated movie. It is. I don't have any objection to to doing that. If I mean, we have had Phil on for his one time per year, but we can do another. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, really? You can get one for as cheap as 10 bucks. Nice. Hmm. Uh, Maybe it's even on streaming. Who knows? Our library has it as well. And it stars Leonard Nimoy. Nice. Really? Cool. I'd be game for that. Yeah, I'd be up for doing that. So, Phil, uh, let us know if you want to do that. Yeah. Colin will send you an email. I'll send you an email <laughs> before you can listen to this. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, a challenge. So it's called The Halloween Tree? The Halloween Tree. If Phil can do it, we should do The Halloween Tree. Yep. He should be somewhat familiar with it. Yeah. But in the meantime, over the next year, realistically, over the next year, we'll work our way through the rest of the real future books. Yes. So yeah, that'd be cool. I'll, I'll put out like the list of things that we're going to cover on, on Twitter or something, and people can vote on which one we do next. That'd, <laughs> that'd be cool. Both that'd of our fun. followers yeah, can, yeah. can vote on this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Michael. Michael, you get to choose. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can arm wrestle with Emily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, with uh, you know, I'll retweet it out with my other podcast account and stuff, too, so get some networking there. The... the uh, Hugo Award Club will probably chime in. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Okay. Okay. Bless us, good sir. Yes. Well, uh, until next time, thank you so much for listening, by the way. And uh, shoot us an email if you want to. Feedback at pavementpodcast.com or follow us at pavementpodcast and send us a note. Tell us you like us. Or if you don't. I mean, you can if you really need to. Tell us about your history with Buck Rogers. Unfortunately, there's no dislike button on Facebook yet. There's the angry face, I guess. There's the angry face. If you're angry with us. Yeah. (laughs) Anywho, uh, until next time, we'll leave you with a a groovy Pavement Pounders blessing. (laughs) I'm I'm really debating with myself if I should do one that's that's as dirty as some of the things in the show. (laughs) My sister listens to this podcast. (laughs) What what we're going to do? She already heard everything that he said. That's true. Right. Uh, May the road rise up to meet you, and may you not burn up on (laughs) re-entry. Or may you experience good ultronic ethereal vibrations. Mm-hmm. May you uh, wear more clothing than Princess Ardala. We were we were talking about <laughs> if she got paid, she probably got yeah. paid by like square inches of abdomen <laughs> shown. May you get treatment for the burn after re-entry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Not, e- not Equinox. Yeah. The other one. The Fall Equinox. Is it? Yeah. What's the other one called? Solstice? Right. Yeah, okay. Summer solstice, winter solstice, right. spring and fall. Equinox. Equinox. I was right. Yes. Yeah, you were. All right. All right. I'll, I'll edit that out and put it in the, <laughs> put it in the blooper reel. <laughs> Nobody knows you questioned yourself. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, you guys want to pause and play HQ? I'm just joking. <laughs> is it yep, six right. o'clock? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> six o'clock. <laughs> no, we don't have to do that. Okay. I won $2.55 a couple weeks ago. Ooh, nice. Congrats. Yeah. What a body. What's he saying now? You don't want to know.